You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Once again, Las Vegas, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. We got a couple of uh, in-studio, in fact, three in-studio guests coming up. But prior to that, we'll have uh, a phone-in guest from down in Georgia, and I'll get more into that in a moment. But once again, this is Women's History Month, and I just wanted to once again speak about some of the ancestors, Sarah and Knight Preddy, Miss Mabel Hogard. These are folks who were tremendous activists within our community. Uh, uh, Soretta Scott King. These are people who have done work, and of course, her broadly throughout the world in terms of what she's done to assist people. And I just wanted to acknowledge just a few more. This is Women's History Month once again, and with that, I, I, I'm going to have a guest that will be coming on shortly who has done tremendous work in the industry that I did 33 years in. That's fire department. She is a tremendous leader and one that uh, I trust you will enjoy some of the comments that she will make as we move through the second part or first part, in fact, because she's the first guest on this next uh, show that we'll be having. So I thank her so very much. She is a retired fire chief, so she's coming up shortly. And with that, I'm going to uh, say she will be here in just a few moments. With that, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Once again, good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. I'm Dave Washington, your host. And I have a wonderful guest, a longtime colleague and friend out of the great state of Georgia. And uh, she was a re- she's a retired fire chief, I should say. Let's get into this. Good morning, uh, Rosemary. How are you doing, Chief? Good morning, Chief. How are you doing? I'm great. Wonderful, wonderful. Good to hear your voice. Look... I'm going to get right into this. You are a career firefighter, right? Yes, I'm a career firefighter. I'm 32 years. 32 years. When and where did you start? I started in Atlanta with the Atlanta Fire Department in 1980 on the on the cusp of a consent agreement, uh, uh-huh. a consent decree. Okay. And I worked for Atlanta 22 years. 22 years with Atlanta. And yep. then... Then the next move is, and and, and this is a, a great reason to have you here, not only as a friend and colleague, but this is Women's History Month. And that being said, you are historical, you have the historical distinction of 
being the first black woman to become a fire chief in a paid professional fire department. And you served in the business overall, you say 32 years. How long did you serve as fire chief? Yeah. As fire chief, I served 12 years, and I still remember the day when that position was offered to me, Dave. I was so afraid, <laughs> and you know you were one of the first people that I called. <laughs> yes, I, I have served there for 12 years with the city of East Point as the fire chief. Oh, that's and, a... And people like you standing on your shoulders and other people's shoulders that helped me get through that. Well, I tell you, Rosemary, you did it on your own uh, to a great extent from the standpoint that to do 12 years as a fire chief is is sometimes very unheard of. Because I think the average right. lifespan is three to five. You may get five to seven, but 12, certainly yeah. not. And that's obvious uh, uh, points to your leadership. And those 12 years, and I believe it or not, it's, it's not ironic, but I kind of planned it this way because I wanted to have two distinct black women who've done tremendous work in the fire service. And I just had, in our last week's show, Chief Tony Washington, she gave okay. she gave you glowing remarks. She said, Rosemary set me up and she prepared me to become a fire chief. Not only that, but also the work that was done through her and others at EDI. So talk to right. our That's listening right. audience a little bit about that mentoring process that you've that you've actually done with people. Okay, a good friend of mine, uh, her husband, his name is Tommy George. Mm -hmm. He was uh, one of the founding members of the 100 Black Men. Okay. And uh, we just recently lost him last week. But when mm. he told me when I first made chief, he said, it's okay to be the first. Right. It's not okay to be the only. Sure. And that was that was my marching card right there that mm -hmm. I needed to make sure mm -hmm. that somebody else was, what was done for me was going to be done for somebody else. And people like you and, and Chief Minor, Winston Minor, mm -hmm. you know, he was my mentor here in Atlanta, and he kicked me out the door. <laughs> and, and I did not want to go to East Point because I had a plum job at the airport. Right. The biggest airport in the world. I was over uh, fire operations. I was assistant chief. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to leave, you know. So, But I got kicked out of the door, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> when I left there, you know, I had claw marks all around my office, even leaving Atlanta. <laughs> but it was because people that had mentored me, you know, and I do believe in mentoring other people. So Absolutely. I'm grateful. I, I tell everybody that I know all the other black chief, female chiefs in this country. Mm. I know all of them. Right. We've been together. We've worked together. We've helped each other. Right. You know, it's, that's, a, that's a great thing to be able to say that I know all of them. Maybe I don't, I don't know all of them now, but I did at the time. Yep, absolutely. And, and like I said, uh, Chief Tony Washington she just gave you glowing remarks as to what you did to help her, you know, in, in her preparation. So that's a uh, that's a good thing. And I, and as you said, we must work together and ensure that because women and, and again, this being uh, Women's History Month, I just thought it was important to have some women to come on and talk about uh, some of the achievements that they've had in, in, in this business. Uh, just talk about the, the experience as fire chief. And your career in the fire service, just in general, just give us some, because yeah. I, I think well, our, our audience would love to hear that. Just in general, you know, like when you say the uh, when you the footprints, footprints in the sand poems, when you reach the footprints in the sand, I think that was what God was doing for me because I really just did not research this thing at all. Mm -hmm. I just was looking out the window and downtown we had a huge fire at one of our historical places, theaters were gone with the wind was played, mm -hmm. and I was looking out of my office when that that fire. And I saw all those people running around, you know, and then, you know, it just amazed me that they were out there trying to help get this fire put out. And right. so uh, two years later, when I heard that Atlanta was hiring, I said, oh, go ahead and join. I was a paralegal, 
my family had prepped me to go to law school. Mm. That's that was supposed to be my destination, but I got married before I, before I did, and ended up working as paralegal. And uh, I just decided to join the fire department. And my family, I'm from a large family. They <laughs> held a meeting on me. They <laughs> called a meeting to find out how were they going to intervene on me. So, but you know, I look at it that this is where I was supposed to be because, you know, from the moment I walked into that training, a recruit uh, training, right. I felt like a firefighter. I was taught how to become a firefighter. Mm -hmm. And I learned that there's so many things that you can do. And a fire can only exist under three circumstances. And all you got to do is deal with one of those circumstances and the fire go out. Mm -hmm. So when I learned there's a science to what we do, you know, then I I became motivated. And then two years later, um, I I started to try to learn how to drive. And I started driving my my, uh, third year. So I drove for 10 years. And then I promoted to lieutenant Mm -hmm. and then to captain, to battalion chief. So I went up the ranks, you know, once, once I decided I was going to let put put aside all of the uh, all of the rumors and just study because right. there was always a rumor and some of it was true right. that certain people had to test and they were you know given information that we didn't have mm-hmm. that was always the case. Mm-hmm. But once I decided, no matter what, I'm going to do this, you know. And then I did. I put in so many hours that it doesn't matter if they did have the test. I still came out number four and that, number one you, on the captain's exam. Right. So, that, that that is interesting because I know when I was preparing. In fact, I was telling someone today, in fact, Frank Hawkins, a friend of mine who has a local business, several local businesses here today that, you know, when I was preparing, well, lack of preparing, when I went for for fire captain, I failed a test. I got like a 67, 68, and I was angry. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know my wife, Marsh, she said, you know how yeah. y'all women can do, put things in perspective. She said, how long did you study? Okay. I said, I said two weeks. <laughs> And the air went right out of me. Two weeks. Okay. <laughs> the next time, Chief, I studied for six to eight months, and I scored like yeah. a 85, 87. But the point is, like you say, you got to prepare yourself. And I remember speaking at Herschel Services last week. I, I recall oh. when I when I didn't get this assistant chief position, I called Carl Holmes, Bob Demons. Al Nero, a friend of mine from the West Coast. And then the last one was Herschel. And Herschel said, Dave Washington, stop sniveling. Get up off your knees and be better prepared next time, he told me. Wow. I'm like, wow, man. So you know you, you know how it is. Sometimes you look for sympathy, but sometimes sympathy is not, not going to be there. The best thing is for you to get thumped upside your head and given the proper direction. Yeah. And Herschel also shared with me, a three-ring binder that he had with all of his certificates, letters of support, all the training uh-huh. that he, he had gone through. And I'm like, wow, wow. I'm going to take that as a model. And that's what I did. There you go. Absolutely. Wow, that, you had some heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. You had some heavy hitters. Wow. That just, you know, I, I know I heard about Herschel, and I, and I would love to hear, you know, what uh, uh, something in that in his services. Right. If there was ever anything that was recorded, I would love to hear it. Yeah, I think but it's... Yeah, you had some heavy hitters. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's on Facebook. Okay. Chief, as we get ready to wrap up, I want, I want you to give some suggestions to any young woman, black, white, or, or, even, or even the fellas, but again, this is Women's History Month. What suggestion would you give in terms of uh, what they should do if they were interested in entering the fire service? I would say do some research, even though I didn't do any research. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do like I did. There's a lot more women out there than when I first started. Uh, Liz and the rest of them were the first women in the fire service in Atlanta. But do some research. 
And, you know, uh, look at the – go talk to somebody already on the fire department. There's women all over this country. All you got to do is email me or call me. You can call me anytime. I'm, I'm available. I'm open. Uh, Chief Washington is open to any calls you may want to give. And, this, you know, we've been taught that. And so consider also doing some uh, uh, training, preparing for the uh, physical agility, and, and, and just work with somebody who knows how to teach you the techniques to everything because there's a technique to everything. And, you know, I mean, I can – I mean, I can pass the um, CPAC exam with my upper body strength, but I can learn how to turn a certain way that would make my hips give me the strength to uh, to succeed. So it's a technique to everything. So I would just say, you know, do the research, reach out to people that are already in those positions, and, you know, start training, start jogging, start working on your strength, building your strength up. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking about that was interested. In fact, my, my friend, mm-hmm. her, her granddaughter just started with the uh, – I think it's Alexandra Fire Department. She just started this past Yeah, so definitely I would say that. Great. Well, Chief, we thank you for your time, and certainly uh, we uh, appreciate the work that you do at the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute. I should tell you all that Chief Rosemary Cloud is one of our premier instructors. So thank you, Chief. Look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Chief Washington. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Good morning once again. It's Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm getting tongue-tied, I guess, because I got... This is Women's History Month. And in that regard, I have three wonderful women that I am very close with. These are my daughters, starting with the oldest, April. Hey. Middle, Angel. Hello. And youngest, Amber. Hi, everyone. Yeah, now you now now we see where Karen get all his antics from. Look uh, again, I mentioned that this is uh, Women's History Month. I'm going to again uh, talk to you guys about a few things that I think are important. In fact, each of you, if you would, is there anyone that you look up to as a shero hero in terms of a woman? You starting anywhere? Anywhere, whoever's. Um, I would most definitely say our mother. And I would say our mother simply because, you know, she's raised four strong children and um, successful children. And um, we are, I mean, of course, alongside you, but since we're talking about women heroes, um, she's raised a wonderful family. Um, Kids who have integrity, who has... um, aim to do well in life and who have all achieved that goal. So I would say her. Okay. Any other comments or regards? If you don't have anything, let me know because you can't. Uh, I have can't. I have a few. I have, uh, I have our mother. Uh, she uh, piggybacking off of Angel. She's done a great job. Great. And she's been a great grandmother and a great person in the community. But I also have three girlfriends that really give back to the community, mm-hmm. all entrepreneurs. That's Teresa Gonzalez, uh, Trina Robinson, and Pandora Lovett. All three of these women uh, do reentry things. Women that have been mm-hmm. to prison, they've hired them in their, uh, you know, Pandora's hired her, them in her restaurant. Uh, Teresa has been like a mother figure to many women, past mm-hmm. women of the night. Right. Uh, has trained young girls and bring them in her house, t- teach them how to do taxes, teach them how to do filing. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great way. And Trina Robinson, uh, 
I mean, a foster parent that's out of this world. I mean, she does stuff for these children that I don't know. As long as I worked, <laughs> I don't know any foster parent that do the things that she's done. And I think that's very important, uh, giving back to the community because you're really helping other people. Unless you have something to say, Amber, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, mother and my two sisters, um, they may not hear it much from me, but they are in a, they are great examples of mothers, you know. They were mothers before me, and uh, I learned a lot from them, and I appreciate them greatly. All right, well, we're going to segue Thank into you. what April had mentioned in regards to community. What have you guys done personally you feel to grow a better community um i've written books as you know a lot of people know um to support um young people as they take this journey through life you know Mm -hmm. i want to um encourage and inspire and um Due to the work that I've done and April does and the things that we've seen, um, sometimes in our own family, some people don't feel loved. And um, I just feel like I've been put here to spread that message that no matter what they may or may not feel in their home, they may or may not feel supported um, and appreciated. I do want to let them know that in spite of that they are still loved. So that's um, a lot of my community um, work. And I also have gone out into the community and spoken to young girls, mm-hmm. um, just trying to make sure that they stay on the right path. Great. Uh, as far as my community work, um, I'm a, a very, very, very large advocate of children being left in vehicles, uh, whether the summer, whether the fall, whether the spring, or whether the winter. A lot of children uh, die that way. So I've, I've uh, taken that by the horns and ran with it. I also wrote a book dedicated to your mom based on uh, fire safety, what you taught us as children uh, when you would have the little movies and stuff and invite the neighborhood kids over and teaching them about fire safety. Well, mm-hmm. I took that and decided to take your story and write about it to teach other children around the world about that. Um, I love working for the community. Uh, you know, I answer my phone at 2 o'clock in the morning, people talking about their homes. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's all about helping other people. I think that's my ministry. I get in trouble at work because I do too much, but mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. okay. I feel like if it's on my heart, right. it's on my heart. Amber? Mm-hmm. I would just say um, I'm a behind-the-scenes type person, so mm-hmm. all I can say is I just pray. Okay. Prayer is important, but you've also but you've also fed the homeless, you know, um, and that is that means a lot to people. You know what I mean? When they don't know where their next meal is coming from, it means a lot to know that someone cares enough because we know that the government don't want you to feed. It's now against the law to feed the homeless, which Mm -hmm. is insane and absurd. Um, So don't discount what you've done because that matters. Does absolutely great point. So if there was anything you could do to add or make the school district a better educational institute, Clark County School District, what would be your suggestion? Anyone? Parent involvement is one. You know, I think 
today school is like a babysitting service. The parents don't want to get involved. The parents mm-hmm. want to really they want the they right. want the school to be responsible to buy the girls sanitary stuff. They want the kids the school to be responsible to make sure the kids have deodorant. They mm-hmm. nobody wants to nobody wants to take a um, take the role of being a parent. I mean, I, I I piggybacked off of you when Destiny and David got and I had to go out and leave my job. I'm sitting there looking in the hallway like, you know, and then I see them tears rolling down. If I told you I don't want to leave my job. If parents would just go to school and act like you care about your child's education, mm-hmm. I think that would make a, that would, that would help some. Right. Well, maybe they could, and I don't know, they, it may already exist, but maybe they could do some kind of parenting training or something because it ain't easy being no parent. And I'm saying this with experience of all four of y'all with your brother. Mm -hmm. Amber, you got anything to add, Angel? I think that um, we need to appreciate our staff more and pay them what they're worth. I agree with that 100%. I think that it is extremely disrespectful um, to disregard um, the need to pay a person what they're entitled to be paid. We so many entities are top heavy, mm-hmm. and you know they have these people making six and seven figure salaries, right. and they believe that those who support them, as it relates to staff, mm-hmm. are only support staff, meaning that it's it's like a down, right. it's a downgraded position mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or career and mm-hmm. I just don't think that's fair. I just think that if you pay a person what they are worth, then they may produce more. They be they may more take take more of an interest mm-hmm. in what they're doing. Right. I know that if I'm on my job and you're not making me feel like I'm worthy of what you're giving me mm-hmm. plus what I'm owed. Right. You might get a lackluster performance. True. Amber, anything? Well, my kids haven't been in public school, but I think this goes for both public and private. Mm-hmm. Education for blacks so that every other race can know about what we've mm-hmm. gone through, what we've experienced. It needs to be taught just like oh, any absolutely. other subject. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, mm-hmm. we know that's a that's a big, big controversy. I can tell you guys many, many years ago when I served on this committee with Miss Elaine Wynn, I used to call her the landlord. But, uh, you know, I got a associate's degree, and I'm, I'm in this room with all these PhDs, and they, they battle for like an hour and a half. We can't, we can't go for 100% graduation of school. That's insane. I listen to them go banner back and forth. I raise my hand. I got four children. Now, which one of y'all going to tell me I should give one of them up mm-hmm. and go for 75% graduation? Mm-hmm. I'm going for 100 Everybody shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going for 100. They still haven't made 100. I think they're mm-hmm. in the high 80s, maybe 90s now. But the bottom line is, the question, the other question I asked was, how many of you guys go take an exam and say, I'm gonna, if I get 75, I'm good? Mm-hmm. You shoot for 100. You may mm-hmm. not you may not score 100. Right. But I thought it was insane. And, and again, I'm, y'all know I ain't scared of nobody because they got a higher Education mm-hmm. to me, that don't mean a thing. Mm-hmm. So, and to your point, Angel, I spoke to uh, Miss Ship and several other teachers last week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I told them, I said, and I've said this many, many times, when I was wearing my full dress uniform with my boss sitting over there, teachers are underpaid 
and we as Americans, as a nation, we should be ashamed. Absolutely. Because ain't no fire chiefs, no police chiefs, no doctors, no lawyers without educators. Yeah. And for them to be steady, having to work part-time. Are you kidding me? Right. Because I know teachers and Miss Ship and them teachers was going just like that. Some of them taking homework. They ain't got no homework. They taking your work home to grade it because mm-hmm. they didn't have enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. And I and I true to believe April too that parenting and parent involvement in the education system is an absolute must. So cool. I mean, uh, y'all y'all added great value to that, and I hope that our listening audience, to include veterans and others, have an appreciation for that need for us to be actively involved in our education system. Let me ask you if there is a favorite person whose career you would like to follow, who is it and what's the career field? If there, if it is. Well, I'm going to be honest. Last night I, uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, if one of us would have went to the fire service, that probably would have been real cool for daddy. You know, just to follow him, you know what I mean? One mm. of us, even one of the grandchildren. I just think that would be, that would just, I think that would have just been so cool. Even though the three of us thought about being fire inspectors at one time, um, that would have been a good, that would have been, a, to see you go from riding on the back of the fire engine, holding on to the back of the thing, you know, holding on to the back of that that bar on the back and mm-hmm. then running in the department. That was just, I mean, that was a, that was a great accomplishment. Well, there's still some um, young people, mm-hmm. grandkids, right. that could still follow mm-hmm. suit. Any other thoughts on that? Anyone? Well, um, to answer your question, I'll say that there is not a career field that I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, you have artsy children. Right. We are, you know, actors and dancers and mm-hmm. singers. Like, I don't think that where we've ended up is what we intended mm-hmm. for our lives. Our degrees are for you and mama. I think I can speak for oh, all Lord, of us. I think I can say that. that. No, true. I'm saying, that's I mean, true. it's it's well, not something that we're not proud of. I'm sure. not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is if I would have had my chosen path, it mm. would have certainly been in the arts one way or another, whether right. performing right. one way or another. Right. I don't think that there's a still today, like my career is mm. where I landed. Right. It's not something I selected. Well, y'all know this. I, I landed, too. So, uh. I, I'm surprised for me and Marsha, those degrees got me laughing, y'all. But it's look, the truth. Well, it, okay, it's true. <laughs> but look, uh, I know we're going to be getting close to time here. So my question to you now is, what would you? What is it you might want for your own chi- child or children as they go through life? Uh, me in particular, I want my kids to just be happy and successful, whatever road that is. Mm-hmm. What whatever makes them happy is what I want from them sure. because I I just believe that when you force 
um, a young person into doing something that, something that is mm-hmm. um, not going to make them unhappy. I mean, make them happy. Right. They will eventually blame you, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever road they cho- chose, even if they're successful. Some yeah. people are well, doctors that, that didn't want to be doctors. That's true. You know, they had a dream, but they mm, chased a dream for someone else living by when parents are living vicariously through their kids. So as far as I'm concerned, as long as my kids are happy and successful, and I don't have to pay no bail. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Amber. Amber. <laughs> I would just say I would want mine to follow their dream. Mm-hmm. Just don't start something without finishing it. Right. Because I'm one that we've starts. All, we've all done stuff finish. like that to include myself. And y'all mom is on me constantly. Now she's dragging me through the mud on her, on her patio cover that she needs. Go ahead, April, and then we're going to. Give you guys some closing remarks. Go ahead. Uh, I want them to close. keep keep God first, most important. But I want them to I want them to succeed. I know they both want to be entrepreneurs. I want them to succeed as long as it's something legal. Because mm-hmm. I I can't I can't I can't I can't put the house up and mm-hmm. I'll let I can't save you from everything. So right. I talk to them about that. Don't do anything stupid because I'm not going to always be able to save you. Well, closing remarks. You probably got about twenty seconds each, maybe closing remarks and i appreciate you guys coming in you're my my daughters me and marcia's daughters we're very very proud of you all and we y'all know we love y'all even though sometimes we have differences of opinion on different issues etc but that's life life is mm-hmm. and i pray for y'all all the time same thing you mentioned it i want my children lord let them be happy mm-hmm. yeah. yeah just continue to everyone everyone out there if you don't know the lord find the lord my kids serve the Lord. You can't go wrong right. when you serve the Lord. You, right. Nothing can go. Just do the yeah, Lord's will. L- love one another and, and pray for one another and be there for one another because mm-hmm. right now the way this world is going, we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we just all have to stick together. You know, driving down the street and seeing homeless people, you wonder. First thing I say, where's the family? You know, and mm-hmm. oh, you know, some mm-hmm. of them don't want to come in, but why don't they want to come mm-hmm. in? You know, yeah. So you just have to stick together. Ditto to my sisters, what they said. I echo their sentiments. And also, um, I want to take this opportunity to congratulate you on a successful show that has been running for quite some time. And we are very appreciative of the um, invite. Yes, yes. It is my pleasure to have you guys. You did a great job. And I want to encourage people again. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More to contact Tony Marshall. He's our service officer if you have any issues at 301-537-9465. Tony Marshall, he's a service officer for American Legion Post 10. And I want to once again always thank my man Wes because he keeps me tracking, tracking, tracking. Thanks, Wes. So we'll talk to you all next month. Bye. Bye. Yeah.